Well, this morning you're in for a special treat. We have one of our special ministry partners with us who's going to be sharing from God's Word. You know someone is effective when they're known by just one name. And this morning we welcome uh, to our church, and he's going to be sharing with us in just a couple of moments, Ramazan from Turkey. Ramazan, would you stand up? And let's welcome Ramazan with us here this morning. Ramazan has asked me to read for you the passage that he'll be sharing with you this morning. So take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. If you're using the Pew Bible, it's page 820. Matthew chapter 14. And after I finish reading the passage of Scripture, Ramazan will be coming and sharing with us this morning. Matthew chapter 14, beginning with verse 13. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed the sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied, and they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women. And children. Good morning, my family. How are you today? Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share with you guys. I always have great joy to come here and share what God is doing in Turkey. And I am sharing this because I know that what God is doing in Turkey through us you are also part of that because you're praying for us and you're supporting us and that's how God works in Turkey through us. And I just wanted to give you some updates before I start my sermon and you can see uh, on the picture that we have, uh, we are Antalya Evangelical Church in Antalya, Turkey. Antalya is population two and a half million, but there is only 250 Turkish Christian in whole city. And as you know that uh, Turkey is an 85 million population, but there is only 9,000 Turkish Christian in whole country. And God gave us a lot of opportunity to do outreach last one year. 
and we had a very successful uh, time to reach out people during Christmas time and also Easter time. And we invited a lot of people in our church uh, to our church services that people came uh, to those outreach. You can see in the next uh, slide that uh, they heard the gospel messages. We had in those outreaches almost like 1,500 new guests that came and heard the gospel message. And also some of the people, they came to Christ through that. And we are going in a very difficult time as a country. We have a very uh, big financial crisis in Turkey and because uh, the government that we have, they are very conservative and the way that they lead the country, it hurts many people and they make a lot of bad decision and a lot of people, they became a disillusion on Islam because of them and now they are looking for something new and some of those people that they are coming to the, our church and visiting our church and coming to Christ. And last uh, two weeks ago, we baptized 13 people in our church that they were coming from Islamic background. And you can see one of the pictures that it's my son, Levi, right on that corner. And also I had a privilege to baptize him too. And uh, God gave us lots of, lots of, a great opportunity to reach out people. And we see that our church is growing. And we didn't want to become a one big church. We embraced the vision that we want to multiply the churches. And that's why we started our second church in 2016 on the east of Antalya. But this year, in, uh, during the uh, Easter service, we uh, also launch our third location on the west of Antalya. Now we have three churches in Antalya, Turkey, that we are serving the Lord. God is doing great things in our church. And God is working. But also Satan is working too. And we had a very difficult year also. Because the government sees that church is growing and they cannot come and close and shut our churches because it's against our uh, constitution. And also it's against uh, co uh, many agreements that Turkey is involved with European uh, countries. And they cannot close our churches. They cannot put me in jail because I'm a Christian. But what they do is they don't want the church to grow and they come and they kick us, uh, kick our uh, missionaries out of the country. Which is last four years, 187 families, missionary families, been kicked out from Turkey. And we lost three families in our church that they were serving in a very great way. One of the families that uh, they were in Turkey, uh, in Antalya, 16 years and the kids grow in Antalya too. But this family from America, they've been helping us 16 years. They were so effective. But uh, a month ago, this guy, Andrew, has been kicked out from the Turkish government. And he got a code, which means is 
you are threat for our national security. And now uh, we lost him and his family, and we are trying to find out the way that how can we work in our church without him. But God is working. Doesn't matter what happened, God is working always. And that's why I wanted to also encourage you today with my message. Today we will look at the, one of the miracles of Jesus together. And interestingly, this is the only miracle that was recorded by all the gospel writers. And when you look at this passage, you see what Jesus did in front of his disciples and in front of this 5,000 people. Before we look more deeply into this miracle, let me ask you a few questions. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by all the problems that you have in your life? Have you ever felt helpless in the situation that you're in it? Have you ever felt like you are not enough or you don't have enough? Have you ever been certain about God has calling you to do? If your answer is yes to those questions, my friend, I believe that this miracle today might encourage you. Because God has greatly used this story to speak to me last six months during my ministry life. Like you experienced in 9-11, on February 6, our nation woke up to a very different world. Overnight, several huge earthquakes hit 11 cities in the east part of Turkey. That was the biggest earthquake that happened last 100 years in that region. Thousands and thousands of buildings were flattened and thousands and thousands of lives were lost. The streets were full of people who were now without homes. They were freezing because it was so cold at that time. And without food, water, and warm clothes. And not only were people in desperate physical condition, but they were so sad and they were so scared. Screaming for someone to save their loved ones who were still trapped under the rack. Like the rest of the people in Turkey, I woke up and I turned on my television and I stood in the front of my TV watching in a shock what had happened in my country. When I saw that all these people were going through, I felt like helpless and overwhelmed. I wanted to go and help, but I, I thought I didn't know how to do. I didn't know how to help to them. I knew that God wants us to do something, but, it, it, but it, I immediately started to come up with excuses. I thought, how can we help? Our church is a very small church. And also the uh, earthquake zone was too far from us. 11 hours to drive. 
How can we help? We don't have any money. We don't have any resources to help those people. The work was so big and I really can't do much of anything. It's pointless to try. That's how I felt when I watched the news first time. But after watching the destruction, loss and pain on the news over and over the next few days, I knew deep inside of my heart that God wants us to go as a church to those earthquake zones and help people. I knew that what had to I knew that we had to obey and trust that calling. So I announced to the church that some of us would travel to the earthquake zone to see how could we help those people. If anyone wants to bring any supplies to the church, we would load them up in our van and deliver to the east part of Turkey. Over the next few days, I saw something amazing happen. The church quickly fill up with the donation of clothes, blankets, food, and other basic needs items. Far more than we can fit in our church van. And some of the church members also decided to take their vacation time from their job and to go to the earthquake zone and help uh, with us. At the same time, I also learned that government was evacuating people from the earthquake zone and sending thousands of them to Antalya and other cities. Because the damage was so big, in 11 cities in that part of the, uh, Turkey, the earthquake impact 13 million people. And the government number was 61,000 people death. But in reality, you have to add another zero in the end. That was the damage, how big was. And that's why government evacuated the cities, some of the cities, and sent thousands of people to other cities and to Antalya. It made sense that we would also try to help those people who were being delivered to our city. We have a few small guest rooms in our church building and we consider opening those up to displaced people. Almost immediately, we had 24 Muslims move into our church building. Many church members started to come to the church every day to cook, clean, and help meet the needs of the, those guests. Part of that was sitting with them and listening them as they cry, and they had experienced Great trauma and loss. Those are the people that they left the city right away. Those are the people that they just took, uh, they, ju they were just with their pajamas. Because they couldn't get what they needed from their house. 
the first group that went out from our church was 10 people to earthquake zone. We filled up several cars with supplies and started heading to the east. When we arrived there, we were shocked and so sad to see that situation. Because the situation was even worse than what we saw on the TV. People were hungry and thirsty without shelter and deep pain. With several other Turkish churches, we set up right away to tent kitchen in that area and started preparing meals for those people. Thousands of people came to kitchen uh, every day. We were also able to hand out blankets, coats, diapers, and the other needs items. In those first days, we constantly hear people mourning and crying out as they got the news of the bodies of their loved ones for being found. Almost like every five minutes, when we were serving in that tent kitchen, somebody was shouting and crying so hard. And when we look at what happened, we see that they got just some bad news about their loved ones. The situation was so bad. There was death in everywhere and smells death in everywhere. One time when I was drawing uh, my van to the next city to get some other helps and bring it to those uh, earthquake zone, on the road, the police car stopped me. And there were some soldiers that they, uh, their car broke on the road and then they asked me to help. And they want to take some of the chemical to some place. And I said, okay. And one of the soldiers stayed uh, with the car. And the other five of the soldiers came with me. And they put all those chemicals into my car. And we drove to some place. And when we get in that place, I saw that it was a graveyard. There was two parts in the graveyard. That there were single graves that people bring their loved ones and to bury them over there but also they dig a massive grave and I saw more than a 500 dead people around that massive grave that they were going to bury that's what they were waiting to us to bring that chemical after I saw that situation it was so hard to my heart and my brain to understand it was so deep pain. Every day, the number who needed help was growing. A lot of people were coming to us and asked for help. When I saw the crowds of people, I knew we were not capable of the task in front of us. We certainly had a desire to help, but we didn't have enough resources. As I look at the reality around me, God gently remind me not to focus on what we can do, but instead on what he can do. 
he brought the story in my mind to this 5,000, how he feed the 5,000 people uh, with two fishes and five loaves of bread. That story encouraged me last six months a lot. I love this story. As a church, we love this story because it reveals us how great and powerful our God is. And it reminds us that he can do far more than we could ever imagine. My hope that is today you will be encouraged by what God did by feeding those 5,000 people and by what he did just this year through a small church in Turkey through us. Let's look at the passage. Let me set the context first. After we look at the uh, passage before, after Herod had John the Baptist killed, Jesus was so sad and mourning the loss of his cousin. He wanted to withdraw to place where he could be alone. In fact, the Mark Gospel, when we look at the Mark Gospel, he tells us that Jesus and his disciples were so busy to doing ministry that they didn't have time to eat something and they needed rest. This is what Jesus wanted to do. He wanted to go to place that they can be alone and rest. And when they went to this place, somehow the crowd found Jesus. They followed him. And Jesus was not able to ignore what he saw when he looked at the people. He saw their needs, their thirst, and their sicknesses, and their pain. And he felt compassion on them. That's what the passage says. When Jesus saw the crowds front of him, he felt compassion on them. And he started doing ministry to them again. Heal their brokenness. Heal their sicknesses. And help them. And he started to care for them. Don't miss this point. Even though Jesus had other things on his mind, he wasn't able to look at the crowds without feeling compassion on them. And as much as he wanted to help the people on that day, he also wanted to help us with our problems today. When Jesus looks at you and me, and when he sees our brokenness and our needs, he feels compassion on us. He feels compassion on you. And he wants to help people. He wants, he wants to help people in Antalya, Turkey. He wants to help people in the earthquake zone. And he wants to help people in Akron, Ohio, in uh, this church, in my church. He wants to help people who are in need. And he wants to touch and heal their brokenness. He look at us with deep love and compassion. And because God is so big, he is not just interested in our needs. He 
has enough resources to take care of everyone in the world. He wants to help people in Turkey and in America. God loves and cares for you and I, but not, it's not just but about you and I. He shares his love and compassion with us to empower us to reach out and care for others. When God sees people in need, he not only gives us ability to help them, but also he expects us to take action to help them. In verses 15, it says that the day went on and the crowd became hungry. And Jesus' disciples came to him and said, let the people go so they can go somewhere else and uh, find help. They can go somewhere else and find food and meet their needs. This is interesting, isn't it? The disciples talked to Jesus as if he hasn't noticed that it was a dinner time. And he, the crowd was so hungry. They don't consider that Jesus already knows the needs of the people. They give advice to Jesus. They give advice to Jesus. Send them away that they can go elsewhere and find help. It is strange that they talk to Jesus this way, isn't it? But we all do this sometimes, don't we? We think that we know better than God and we make recommendation to him. But Jesus had a different idea. He tells the disciples that the people don't need to go anywhere else. Isn't that point is so beautiful? He says to the disciples that they don't need to go elsewhere. If Jesus is right there among those people, so there is no need for them to go elsewhere. No one can help them more than Jesus can. This is something that we should hold on to it as a church. If we believe that through the Holy Spirit, we have the power of God always with us, why would we ever direct people elsewhere? Then Jesus said to his disciples, you give them food. You give them food. Of course, this must have been confusing to disciples. How did Jesus expect them to feed all those people? At this point in the story, in John's gospel, we see that disciples start discussing these issues among them. And they were talking about how can we do that? And one of the disciples, Philip, decided to do little math and he calculated how much it will cost to feed all the people. But even if they had enough money, where they can go and find all those food. The time was so late and probably Walmart or Target was closed at that time that they cannot find any food where they could find all these food that Jesus asked.
After their calculation and group discussions, the disciples say to Jesus, we have nothing. So how can we say, how can we do what you want? How can we provide all uh, food for all these people? Doesn't this also sound like something we might say? It sounds like an excuse I have used before with God. Even when we see the needs in front of us, we avoid helping by saying, I don't have ability, I don't have a power, I don't have a gift or resources to meet those needs. What can I do in this situation? There are so many people hurting and in needs. How can I help? How can I reach out all these people? There were 5,000 men in front of the disciples. This didn't include the women and the children. That was a lot of people who needed to eat. Sometimes serving in Turkey, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. When I see the crowds front of me, when I see the population of Antalya and Turkey, and I feel like, God, how can I reach out these people? How can your church in Turkey can reach out those people? We were just 9,000 people in whole Turkey, and there's 85 million people in Turkey that who never heard the gospel. How can I bring the gospel message to all those people? It might be tempting to say that the work is too big and to make excuses about resources that we don't have. But the truth is that we have the power of Jesus Christ among us. The gospel message is everything that's needed to heal people and their spiritual brokenness. The disciples then say to Jesus, we only have two fishes and five loaves of bread. Looking at the crowds of more than 5,000, they knew what they had in their hand was nothing to compare what was needed. In reality, in the eyes of the world, they did not have anything. What they had was little. It wasn't enough to feed those crowds. That was the reality in the eyes of the world. But my brothers and sisters, they did not only have two fishes and five loaves of bread. They had two fishes, five loaves of bread, and plus Jesus. They had two fishes, five loaves of bread, plus Jesus. They did not calculate Jesus into their problems. We often feel like the disciples, don't we? We show God what we have in our hand and say, how can I reach with these little things to all these people? I don't have enough. I am not enough. 
we know that what we have to give is not enough. That's true that you are not enough. It's good that you realize that. But Jesus is enough. You also need to realize that. In verses 18, show, Jesus shows the answer to our problems. And he says, bring it to me, what you have. Bring it to me, what you have. Same way, if we bring what we have to Jesus, if we bring our two fishes and five loaves of bread to Jesus, he will take care of the little offer and he can multiply and take care of the needs that we cannot imagine. Maybe you need to look at your life now. What God wants you to do. And maybe you feel that you're not enough. Maybe you feel that you don't have enough. But probably you have something. Maybe you think that you have little. But bring that to Jesus. If you bring that to Jesus, you will see that he will multiply that. This is what happened in this passage. The word impossible doesn't exist in Jesus' vocabulary. What happened after the disciples bring the small amount of food they, they have to give him. The miracles, miracle, the Jesus made the miracle and he made two fishes five loaves of bread, multiply and feed all those people and they collect 12 baskets of leftover. I want to see also one more thing in this passage. Fish and the bread not multiply after Jesus bless and give his disciples. It says in the passage that Jesus blessed the food and then broke and he gave it to his disciples. And then when disciples start giving to the people what they got from Jesus, immediately they witnessed the miracle. That Jesus did the miracle through them. And they saw the power of God. In verses 20 it says that the people ate and they were satisfied. And he satisfied people. And he will satisfy people in your life too. Maybe you have a question, how do you know? Let me give you an example of how Jesus multiplied our two fishes and five loaves of bread. When our church decided to go help people in the earthquake zone, when we started uh, relief's help, next pe uh, picture please, we had just $2,000 in our church account to help. But you know how much we helped up until now? We spent $4,000 $450,000 up until now. We started with 2000 and we bring 
450,000 help to earthquake zone. When we started to obey God and do what he wants us to do, people started sending money. And you guys also sent $207,000 to earthquake zone that we can help to those people. And when we started uh, going to the earthquake zone first, we thought that we only have a, a, like resources and the uh, things that we collect only can uh, fill up one time van. But since then, I uh, traveled to earthquake zone many times that I can't even remember. We started with our van, but then we started rent a semi-truck to send a lot of help to those people. Clothing, blankets, food, waters. We obey God's call to provide accommodation to some of those earthquake victims. We thought that we can just only provide the shelter for them in our church building. But when they came to our city and when they started staying in our church building, we were also able to provide the three times meal for them and their medical needs and other needs. I couldn't ever imagine that in the beginning. The experience that we had, it was so amazing. It was so amazing that you know what? It impacted people a lot too. People saw the power of God. People saw the love of God through our ministry and through our effort when we decided to go. I remember one of the ladies when she comes to our church to stay. And she told us a couple weeks later that when we left the earthquake zone... I was so scared and I was so worried about my family and my kids. I knew that I, I'm coming to the church, but I didn't know it, what kind of place was churches. And then she said, after we came here, when you guys started taking care of us, I felt like I am in the hands of the angels. This is what those people felt. And I... When I was uh, in the earthquake zone a couple weeks ago, I brought some uh, help to this family that uh, he had like two sons that they were disabled. They cannot walk. And we bought the wheelchair for them. And then he told me, you guys are so different but so same. And I didn't understand what he meant. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, I see your ministry uh, area, that you have lots of people there as a volunteer. You have Korean people, you have American, you have German, you have Turks. You're all different, and you look all different. But you're also the same. You were so kind and nice and respectful to us. And he said, what is the uh, secret? And then I shared the gospel with him. And he wanted Bible from me. And I delivered the Bible. And now he's studying and he's learning about the Bible. My friend, B 
before I finish my sermon, I just wanted to say this saying that one of the theologians said, if Jesus is with you, you are no longer a minority, but you are a majority. You are sufficient rather than inadequate. Effective rather than ineffective. Powerful rather than weak. As long as you bring what little you have to Jesus, he multiplies it, bless it, and strengthen it, and make it sufficient for need. God can turn to all bad things into some good. And we saw that if the earthquake did not happen, we couldn't reach out to that area of Turkey. Because they were so conservative Muslims. But after the earthquake in that east part of Turkey, now we have the church that we started also after the earthquake. This is something that we can praise to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are compassion. You have compassion on us. When we obey and trust in you and when we bring what little we have to you, you took it and you bless it and you multiply it and you take care of the needs that we can never imagine. Father, we thank you so much for all things that you're doing in our church and you're doing in this church and we praise your name. Father, I'm so grateful for this church. I'm praying for Maranatha that you bless them abundantly. Father, we praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much for helping us in Turkey, in our ministry. God bless you all.